0: one of the greatest boxing matches in the Bible on this episode of Inverse.
1: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim with Inverse.
0: Hey guys, wanna welcome you to Inverse. We are in the midst of this Corona virus season and we are filming from different, uh, our respective places. And uh, it's a privilege that you decided to join us on this episode. We are studying the topic of discipleship and we are in episode seven. I want to invite my friends here. We're going to have a word of prayer. We're going to read scripture and we're going to get in deep into the topic. As I said in my opener, it's one of the greatest boxing matches in the Bible. Probably one of my all-time favorite chapters and I say that a lot about it, about a lot of chapters. But let's have a word of prayer and Sebastian, can you lead us to the throne of
2: Christ? Yeah, sure. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is such a privilege to be able to gather together to study your word. Lord, we know that Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit that he would guide us into all truth. And we pray for that experience now that you would open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things in your word as we continue in this exploration of discipleship is our prayer in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. amen amen Kelly we're gonna to go to John chapter 4 John chapter 4 is where this boxing match is, and maybe you are anti-violent out there then we're going to talk one of the greatest dances in the Bible and maybe if you're anti dancing <laughs> then we just have a, one of the greatest conversations in the Bible is found in John chapter 4 uh, verse mm-hmm. uh, where are we verse 7 to uh, verse 7 to 11 please
3: okay the Bible says a woman of Samaria came to draw water Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water?
0: Okay, this is awesome passage. Um, so mm-hmm. I, let's let's do this. Let's talk about John chapter four and then let's talk about the dynamics there. And afterwards let's zoom out and see how this plays in the, the level of the, the process of, of discipleship. So Israel, um, kind of give us context of where, where we are in John four and just get us started in this conversation.
4: So the book of John in general deals with the different miracles that Jesus uh, produces that show that he's the Messiah. It also talks about Mm -hmm. different conversations or different encounters that he has with people. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to have an encounter with Nicodemus just in the chapter before where we have one of the greatest expositions of the gospel. Now we have an encounter that Jesus has specifically with the woman at the well. This woman is approached by Jesus Christ. It seems as though Christ has a need, but in reality, he's trying to give her uh, uh, the need that she doesn't even know of. And that's the water of life. And so that's kind of the context of what's taking place. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I love John gives us these like vignettes of these one-on-one conversations with people. And in John mm-hmm. three, you have a guy, John four, you have a woman, John three, you have an upper class, John four, a lower class, John three, nighttime, John four, daytime, John three, the Jesus or the guy is going to Jesus. And John four, Jesus is going to the woman. It's just kind of these crazy opposite experiences. Um, Callie, right, what's going right. on in verse verse seven, eight, nine, ten and what you just read? What are some insights that you see in, in that passage?
3: Um, so we talked about this in a previous episode uh, when we talked about mm-hmm. Philip and how Philip starts hit the conversation with a question and Jesus mm-hmm. does a similar thing where he asks a favor. He asks for water um mm. and this takes the woman by surprise she's like why would you ask me because like we're not supposed to have dealings with each other and mm-hmm. it's interesting because if he had you know given her something that would be maybe like you know he could be a juice so we could like bless the samaritan but to put himself mm-hmm. almost at the mercy of, of a samaritan she recognizes mm-hmm. that that's crazy that's like to admit mm-hmm. me that's too like yeah but that, that, that's an intense mm-hmm. thing to do and so Um, then Jesus responds to that with this super spiritual and kind of cryptic message about, Mm -hmm. um, that he can give living water. And I love her response because I'm a very practical person. And so I just appreciate her practical perspective. (laughs) She's like, "Mm, the well is deep. So mm, I don't think you can do that. So where would you actually do that? Like explain that process to me.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I mentioned that mm-hmm. this is kind of like a boxing match or like a dance or interpretive dance. Uh, but you follow this conversation, and it's not a linear conversation. It's 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 kind of like here Jesus goes here, and then the woman kind of responds, but then she kind of goes here, and then Jesus kind of follows her, but then he goes for here, and then she's kind of trying to get out of it. It's kind of this convoluted yeah. conversation. <laughs> And I, I'm just Very. incredulous that John even could, could record this. Uh, the cool thing is verse 9, uh, it says that the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask of me, from me, a Samaritan woman? Uh, the actual original Greek, the, the grammatical construction is like totally weird. It's like how you, me, me Samaritan, you, Jew. It's just as if she's stuttering and, and to emphasize the, mm-hmm. the craziness of the encounter. Uh, we say that we, we know it's about noontime or a hot part of the day. And here, this woman is trying to avoid everyone because everyone went to the well in the morning or the evening, she's trying to avoid people. So here, Jesus knows something's up. Uh, Sebastian, Mm -hmm. can you start reading from verse, uh, let's see, verse 12 to 15, please?
2: Sure. Bible says, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whoever drinks thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, In that you spoke truly.
0: All right. I mean, this this is just, this just went from like water to, to, to private life. Like it just escalated up to here. And uh, I mean, I, and then the next verse, I think is just humorous. So they're talking about the woman's marital status. And then verse 19, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive yeah. that you are a prophet. Let's avoid this conversation. Yeah. Let's go over here. <laughs> um, yeah. So Sebastian, what are some, some, what are some observations that you see in the passage that you just read?
2: Well, I think the the first thing is that Christ always has this way of using something that is familiar to a person to teach them the unfamiliar truths of the word of God and how mm-hmm. he connects mm-hmm. his goal of planting the seeds of truth, the seed of the gospel, using something yes. that they're dealing with in their practical life. So her drawing mm-hmm. that water, he's actually utilizing that same concept and idea in order to try to bait her into kind of biting you know, and in, in asking him the questions that he wants her to ask him so that he mm-hmm. can tell her about who he is and what he's come to accomplish.
0: Mm-hmm. Now you use that word bait and then it can have a negative connotation, but it's not to it's actually true. just to get her, but there is, he's trying to fulfill a need and looking her eternal mm-hmm. salvation and happiness and purpose and to fill right. that void mm-hmm. that she's had in her life that she's filled with husbands or boyfriends or, or whatnot. Israel, yeah. chime mm-hmm. in.
4: There are several different things that really speak to me. First of all is the fact that how Jesus approaches the woman in the very beginning is that he comes to her and he asks her for this request. It kind of catches her off guard. It shows that Jesus is not bound by the customs of his time. It shows that Jesus Mm. does not care that he's a Jew, that she's uh, a Samaritan. And so here it shows that Jesus is not a conventional person. It's upon Mm -hmm. this that the whole foundation really of the conversation takes place. In other words, if Jesus doesn't do something this bold now, then it's going to come across as though he's very rude when he then speaks about the fact that she's got five husbands. The one that she's with now is not really her husband, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I think the lesson Mm -hmm. that this teaches us as Christians is that we should not be bound by the social constructions of our world today. If I myself identify for who I am as a you know Mexican American male living in the United States of America, if I, if if that becomes my primary identity, it's going to mm-hmm. be very difficult for me to do the work that God has called me to do. Jesus says mm-hmm. you need to become Christ like. You need to be not bound by the customs of this world. Why? Because right. the work that we are called to do is a world. It's a work that is out of this world. And so I think that's something that first and foremost really strikes me, how Jesus himself, in the way he interacts with people, breaks down these barriers that would prevent him from reaching another person with the gospel.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that radicalness of of Jesus. Uh, Callie, chime in here.
3: Yeah, just zooming in on a very specific thing that Jesus talks about and that we've kind of already touched on in verses 17 and 18 um Mm -hmm. so you know jesus knows that she doesn't have a husband so he says you know go call your husband she's like i don't have one he's like that's true and let me show you how true that is and then he gives the details Mm -hmm. now this is a very in this culture right especially this is a very shameful fact about her life it's probably why Mm -hmm. she's going to um draw water in the middle of the day instead of the morning or in the evening and i love how jesus says it jesus like he only says it so much so she knows that he knows he doesn't say it in a way like you've 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 been around town, you have all these guys all over you. Like he just mm-hmm. he states it as like I know what's going on, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love that balance the way Jesus approaches it because Jesus doesn't shy away from sin. He doesn't shy away from things that are wrong um, that either hurt us or hurt others, but he also doesn't throw it back in our face like Look what you did! You're a terrible person." Yeah, uh, and so yeah, right. I see this as just that that balance of like This is true." let's talk about Mm -hmm. that. You know, she's shameful. She's like, uh, politics.
1: (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. He's not afraid to talk about the issues, but then he's not there to condemn the person. Uh, Let's go to Sebastian and then afterwards. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, building off of Callie's, you know, point there is that this shows that Jesus is interested in broken people. You know, the fact that he even Mm -hmm. took time to not worry about how he would be perceived talking to a woman like this. It's like, oh, this woman's Mm -hmm. had five husbands, the guy she's cohabiting with isn't her husband now, and you want to associate with this type of person? I mean, Mm -hmm. what a beautiful truth to know that a huge part of planting the Word of God in really good soil, referencing our previous episode, is basically being willing to have, quote-unquote, bad company. Being willing Mm -hmm. to be interested in people who are very broken and whose society has put to the side.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Israel.
4: I I often have the ability to talk with people who are getting into ministry, to pastors who are getting into ministry. And there's a principle that emerges here, and that is that we cannot be disciple makers of Jesus if we do not first understand who we are. And Mm -hmm. the reason for that is that Jesus, when he speaks to this woman of Samaria, exposes the fact that he already knew her past. And yet knowing the past did not prevent him from addressing her. And I think that this is what gives her confidence. If we have a realization of who we are and we Mm -hmm. understand that we ourselves are sinners, this would be helpful in us not condemning people or not having this condemnatory spirit of Mm -hmm. other people. And so I love how Jesus does not change how he acts based, even though he already knows what, what, who she is, Mm -hmm. I guess
0: yeah that condemnatory spirit sometimes is kind of natural in us when we come back after the break we're going to look at what are the uh, this is jesus but what are the practical implications for us as followers of jesus are we to have these conversations and what attitude and what methods are we to implement in our walk with him
1: has inverse been a blessing to you do you have questions comments or feedback you'd like to leave us find us on social media by searching inverse bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is InverseBible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion.
0: friends we're in John chapter 4 and uh, we read verses John chapter 4 verse 7 to about 19 and I'd like to finish out that at least that passage starting in verse 20 so in verse 20 our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship this is just very interesting. She just finished the conversation about her personal life and about, you know, all the boyfriends and husbands. And then now she's going to go into religion and politics. And one way mm. to diffuse, yeah, you're you're getting up in my space kind of, <laughs> kind of attitude. So verse 21, Jesus says to her with all gentleness and, and doesn't con- con- condemn her for that, but uh, engages. And says, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you don't know. We know what we worship for salvation of the, is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in, in spirit and truth. This Father is seeking to seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, "I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things." Jesus said to her, "I who speak speak to you. Am he?" I ah, just love it. You just get you know chills down the back of mm-hmm. your neck. Um, probably the one of the another humorous verse that I see in verse verse twenty seven. She goes uh, out. Verse twenty eight. The Bible says, "And the woman then left her water pot." and went her way into the city and said to the men, and she tells the men there. I just love it that she leaves her water pot behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came to the well because of the water. That was her purpose, and she lost her purpose and found a whole new thing. Um, describe the, the dynamics. Isn't this a funny, funny, funny chapter? Uh, we'll start yes. with uh, Sebastian. And w- what is Jesus trying to do in this conversation? Uh, in a sense, well, he doesn't really seem like he's doing much, but in a sense, he's doing a lot.
2: Yeah. I mean, Jesus is a master example of Mm -hmm. how to find different ways to connect the word of God to what's happening in a conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's trying to use her personal relationships. He's trying to use her general errands of going to get water from a well. And he's Mm -hmm. trying to use her political views to find ways to introduce her to who he is. And he's trying Mm -hmm. to find ways to plant that seed of the gospel. And so Christ Mm -hmm. is showing that, we need to not be married to just one method, and that one size does not fit all. We need to be adaptable. We need to be responsive. We need to be agile in our approach to relating to people and trying to plant the seed of the gospel in their hearts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kelly,
3: Amen. Well, see, I might take us a different direction, but I just want to focus okay. on something that that yeah. Jesus said that I love, and it's something that sounds it sounds rude. Um, it's it's Mm -hmm. verse 22 he says you worship what you do not know we know what we worship for salvation is of the jews so jesus Mm -hmm. is is straightening out you know what she thinks about this this whole thing here and i like that verse because jesus again he doesn't shy away from the truth but he's also not being a jerk about it um Mm -hmm. but it personally sometimes when i'm witnessing to people i just avoid verses like 22 like i I need i need to tell you this truth but like it might offend you so i'm just gonna like bypass it and just not do that Mm -hmm. but jesus Mm -hmm. is able to side with the bad guys in a sense because the bad guys are the jews here in the sense that they're mean to the samaritans and the samaritans are mean back so jesus Mm -hmm. is like you know the jews are actually right it's like what i thought we were having a great time talking why would you side with the mean people (laughs) Um mm-hmm. but he does that because that's what's true. And you know, I've experienced that before where I, I've had some spiritual conversations. Again, I guess I only witnessed in school, but another classmate of mine, <laughs> and um he, you know, he asked me some questions and he found out that I was a Christian, and we had this friendship. He was, he was an atheist and we'd hang out sometimes. And I remember we had a, a a mutual friend who was, by his own admission, a very nominal Christian, so not an authentic one. And he was asking my atheist friend some questions and he just went off about how all Christians are idiotic. None of them think straight. They're stupid and just went on. I'm like sitting right next to him. <laughs> and so after he finished, I was like, so you think that you think I'm like that? And he's like, oh, no, no, like you're the weird exception. I don't get you. But everyone else is that way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. ever since that conversation, I've asked God to make me an exception in someone's view of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like, if they have this negative view, like, Jesus sides with the Jews, but he's still so compassionate, so kind, with no ounce of judgmentalism or condemnation in his voice or his actions, and he is literally an exception to her worldview of Jews. And I think mm-hmm. God can use us to be those kinds of exceptions to other people
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just Here, jesus really is is really trying to okay well let me just uh, get to to callie he's, he's trying to get to he's talking about the religio-political kind of the headlines of the day and uh mm-hmm. samaritans and jews were notoriously anti each other but even samaritans acknowledged yeah. that their their truth their religion stemmed originally from the jews and they knew the Messiah would come from the tribe of, of Judah. So, I mean, it's just this masterful conversation mm-hmm. and, and Jesus is trying every angle to get to a certain goal. But what I love, and that's something that Callie highlighted, he's not aggressive about it. He's not pushing it and, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and demanding it, demanding it out of the conversation. Uh, Israel.
4: I think one mistake we can make as, as Christians is that what Jesus is providing for us in John chapter four is not a formula. Hey, Mm. we should have, Mm. we should be, we should be tricky and we should be intentional and we should be, we should anticipate what other people are going to do and we Mm. should lead them down a specific uh, conversation so that we can boom, hit them with the gospel at the end. This is not a formula. I think what's very clear in, in the story that emerges to me is several foundational components. First of all, Jesus really loves this woman. Mm -hmm. that to me is clearly seen and it's clearly seen in how he is relentless with her in other words Mm -hmm. he detects in her a spiritual interest and he will not allow her to run away from it Mm -hmm. how does he do this? he does that by saying look from the very beginning i knew that you had issues and i still came to you i still engaged with you i still asked you for this favor and so he provides this kind of a comfortable space for her to go through it's true mm-hmm. that what what kelly says it's true jesus is so direct with how he speaks to her but also what we have to uh at the same time um understand and observe is the fact that there is no other person that jesus gives such a clear declaration of himself to as he does to this mm-hmm. woman at samarit he says like essentially, he says look i am the messiah Now, if you compare that with Mm -hmm. with uh, with Nicodemus, right? He speaks to Nicodemus in like you know the wind blows where it lists, and you don't you know, and all these crazy things. You're like confused. What's he? Wait, what? You know, even Nicodemus, who's an (laughs) educated person, does not understand what Jesus is trying to say, right? Now, Jesus Mm -hmm. speaks so plainly to her. Why? Because this woman has that kind of a desire, that kind of a yearning for a better life. And so I think the lesson that it shows me is this. Whenever there is someone that has a spiritual desire to follow Christ, my job is to love God so much and to love people so much that I will do whatever it takes to ensure that they receive what they're looking for, which is the water of life. Mm -hmm. And that's what ultimately this story reveals to me. This is not a formula, but this is an example or a picture of what it means to love people like Jesus loved people hmm mm.
0: Let's uh, broaden out and zoom out. And in this topic of discipleship, last week we looked about how we need to be preparing uh, the soil. If we use agriculture as a motif, prepare the soil, prepare the heart for a conversation. And this week we look at now after preparation, like what Jesus is doing in this passage, he's trying to find out ways to deliver truth in, in a very gentle way, but in a very direct way into the conversation and into the relationship. Right. And he does it and artfully, all and tries in different ways. And in the end, he is successful. What are modern ways that we do this? It could be through a conversation. Uh, and what are ways we do it today? And maybe what are ways that we've done it today and we've done it incorrectly uh, that we, think <laughs> we can correct? Let's go with uh, Sebastian.
4: Tell us how well, we I did it think... correctly, Sebastian.
2: <laughs> 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 I'll leave that one to you, Israel.
4: I know you're an expert.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I, I, think, I think for me, one of the modern ways is obviously media, um, mm. digital media, internet media, information technology have completely revolutionized our reach, our ability to speak to people that we may not even meet in person. And I recall mm-hmm. uh, posting a video years ago, I was doing a series in uh, Berlin, and the name of the video was where God, Gandhi, and atheists agree. And I was mm-hmm. posing this question that there was a particular idea that all three of these parties actually agreed upon. And I was quoting from Gandhi's statement that he says, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians because mm-hmm. your Christians mm-hmm. are so unlike your Christ. And I was showing that this is the same issue that atheists have with Christianity. And it is also the same issue that God has had in the Bible is trying to get his people to be what he's called them to be. and that ended up bringing an individual to the presentation that night, and that led to a conversation where he eventually two weeks later had decided to commit to coming to that church each and every Mm -hmm. Sabbath Mm -hmm. and also beginning Bible studies. But it all started with this fact that someone was willing to come out and say that all Christians are not perfect and that God, Mm -hmm. Gandhi, and atheists agreed on this key point. So modern media, video technology is is a new modern way of how we can sow those seeds.
0: Amen. Amen. Social media. We have all of our phones and all those little gadgets. Callie, what are some other modern ways that we do it and we do it well and we do it wrong today?
3: <laughs> I'm going to continue to leave the wrong one for Israel to um, take that <laughs> over for us. But um, <laughs> another another way of, of intentionally planting uh, what I've experienced is culportering Porter, or literature evangelism. Mm-hmm and mm-hmm. the way that i've experienced this there's many different ways to do literature evangelism but the way i've done mm-hmm. it mostly is going door-to-door and um, giving christian literature for a donation basis I can still remember my canvas what to say at the door and yes. um, i bring this up <laughs> seven secrets obviously the latest information anyways okay so it's um <laughs> it was very it was it was honestly one of the most difficult summers of my life when i did this for a summer and it was early on in my christian experience but i bring it up because I was able to have such spiritual conversations with complete strangers. Cause going into it, I'm like, how in the world is this gonna work? Like, I don't even know you. How are, mm-hmm. how are we gonna have a meaningful conversation? But time would fail us for me to say how many different times just praying with people or giving out books and just even kind of having actually like John 4 like conversations with people of mm-hmm. really, really wrestling for their souls and really being like, listen, just get this book (laughs) um and and Mm. god really moved on a lot of hearts and so i think literature evangelism gets a bad rap sometimes especially from my generation but i think god is still using it for amazing amazing things even today
0: yeah appreciate that that testimony well time does fail us we can't get to israel and the sin and and for him to share some of his failures in his ministry lucky lucky we want to (laughs) say we want to encourage all of you to continue the conversation Uh, online through our social media. Our handle is Inverse Bible. You can see uh, past and present episodes of Inverse at hopetv.org slash inverse. We're so glad that you decided to join us here. We wanna encourage you to have a spiritual conversation with your friends around you, to plant the word of God into the hearts of those around you in your immediate sphere. And before you even do that, we're gonna be preparing as well in this process of discipleship. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week here.
1: Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.